Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen podcast, brought to you by CVG Airport. Fly healthy through CVG. For more information, go to CVG Airport backslash fly healthy. All right, Cincinnati's Q102, Jeff and Jen, 641. Cloudy skies, high at 39. Uh, right now it's 35 with Jeff and Jen at Cincinnati's Q102. It's interesting. I was uh, out and about yesterday, and I was listening to the uh, you know, the House vote on the electoral vote, which started around 1 o'clock, and you know, the vice president of the United States whose other title is president of the Senate, was preparing to take over his role to uh, certify the election of Joe Biden. And this is where we knew there would be objections taking place from different congressmen and senators, and uh, the, the state of Arizona made a formal objection. But before that happened, it was interesting because I guess they were having mic problems, audio problems, and I wish I had audio of this that I could share with you. But a few minutes before this started... I heard Mike Pence say, did my statement go out? And you hear a guy in the background saying, yep, we just released it a few minutes ago. In other words, he, it was important to the vice president that people know from the outset of these formalities that he was going to stick to the laws of the land, basically. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't planning to go in there to overturn anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, the state of Arizona was the first to make a formal objection to the electoral votes that were cast the senator sign can be then and can be heard confirming is ted cruz and this is the start of the late night vote with the house and the senate are there any objections to counting the certificate of vote of the state of arizona that the teller is verified appears to be regular in form and authentic President, I, Paul Gosar from Arizona. For what Sport. purpose does the gentleman from Arizona rise? I rise up for myself and 60 of my colleagues to object to the uh, counting of the electoral ballots from Arizona. Uh, is the objection in writing and signed by a senator? Yes, it is. It is. An objection presented in writing and signed by both a representative and a senator complies with the law, Chapter 1 of Title 3 of the United States Code. The clerk will report the objection. And while all this was going on, Donald Trump was still speaking at his rally. Stand up and fight. Stand up and hold your representatives accountable. And when you do, we can keep America great. Thank you, patriots. Thank you, America. Keep fighting. Yeah, a lot of people say that was uh, just one of many dog whistles that was needed to send people storming into the Capitol building yesterday. The most horrible moment from yesterday's mob scene at the Capitol was when rioters were breaking the windows of one of the interior doors. And as a man attempts to climb through the broken glass, a security officer fired a shot. You can hear one of them say, he's got a gun. This is going to get dirty, man. This officer's got a gun. Get down. And then uh, the shot rang out. 
The woman was taken to a hospital, shot in the chest in critical condition where she later died. Uh, the, the, just this wild rally that President Trump had been hyping, which finally went down yesterday and just kind of came off the rails as a large mass of rioters stormed and breached the Capitol complex, clashing with police and threatening elected officials. Situation in the U.S. Capitol, embarrassment to our country. Must stop immediately. The first step in the constitutional process of electing our president has been disrupted. Well, I was glad to see that there weren't fires being set and all kinds of craziness going on throughout the night. Yeah, they did find two explosive devices, uh, and there have been some reports of pipe bombs and the sounds of explosions and gunshots throughout the area, but uh, some would argue that's any given Tuesday (laughs) in D.C. Cincinnati's Q102. It's Jeff and Jen, 745. Cloudy skies, high 39 today, right now 35 with Jeff and Jen. John Doman is a reporter with our sister station, WTOP News Radio in Washington, D.C. He is in the district this morning uh, giving us some, you know, perspective on what went down in the Capitol yesterday as things quickly got out of hand after that rally. Always feel confident on your second date. With help from the Plastic Surgery Group, schedule a consultation at 513-791-4440 or at theplasticsurgerygroup.com. Surgery has an art. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Late protesters uh, making their way up Constitution Avenue toward the Capitol and eventually breaching the building and uh, interrupting the uh, ceremonial duties that were taking place inside. John Doman, good morning. Hey, good morning. How are things in the Capitol right now? Very quiet. City workers here doing some street sweeping stuff, kind of people just getting ready to go about their day again. And, uh, you know, it looks like a bunch of police cars are kind of switching shifts here. Yeah, how unusual is it, you know, for someone who who lives and, and works in the district, how unusual is it to see, I mean, I would assume you see protests all the time that sometimes become unruly. We've seen larger mobs than this. It's not unusual to see people rally outside of the Capitol or outside the Supreme Court. What made this different? The fact that they were able to breach the Capitol the way they did. I mean, you're right. I've covered tons of protests to the point that it's sort of almost passe for me. It's not a big deal usually. It's very routine. This one got out of hand in a way that I have not seen in all the years that I've been here. Um, it's one thing to be sort of passionate, to be intense, but uh, even in previous instances when, when demonstrations have come to the Capitol grounds, it didn't get out of control like this. Um, it was just sort of a stunning failure in the way security at the federal level uh, just collapse here, and, and there's a lot of frustration still lingering in the air. Um, 
because that's just like I, I've never seen anything like that before. And I'll, like, I've seen demonstrations on the National Mall, around the White House, uh, here at the Capitol Hill, and and it's it's just never been like this before. Um, it, it, it was just kind of breathtaking watching it all happen. Yeah, it was breathtaking for me because I I suppose in my mind I was thinking I, w- I wasn't sure if they were showing incredible restraint when we saw the throngs of people that seemed to be converging on the Capitol building. Um, we saw people walking through the rotunda, so- walking past law enforcement, and law enforcement not really seemingly in those moments that were depicted to be reacting. And then things just sort of hit a boiling point, and that's when we started to see real violence take place. Yeah, and that's what you're going to see a lot of questions go back to in the coming days as to how all that happened. Because, I mean, police around here that that handle these demonstrations, yes, there is a lot of restraint. But I've also seen it where, you know, if demonstrators leave the sidewalk and just walk on the street, you know, they can be pretty quick to say, hey, you know, just get back on the sidewalk. It's okay. You know, just do your thing. Or, you know, if they do have the streets closed off, it's something like that. But, you know, when you're, say, demonstrating near the White House, there's a lot of fencing around there that's really high up. And you you get too close to that, and they do start looking at you sideways. And and, and they do kind of make sure that, you know, you can have your demonstration, but you can only go so far. You can only get so close. And uh, they don't necessarily allow you to get too much closer than, than, you know, what they want you to do. So the fact that people were able to breach what police lines had been set up uh, is what's so stunning. And, you know, you've got the uh, the congressman from Ohio, uh, from the Youngstown area, who, I guess, oversees the subcommittee that runs Capitol Hill Police, uh, already vowing that people are going to lose their jobs over this. And, and I think you are going to see that because, you know, we've had state police from as far away as New Jersey, which, you know, the, the New Jersey line is two hours away if you're driving with a heavy foot. Uh, I saw them here overnight early this morning. They had to kind of do a a lot of um, cleanup and and get a lot of backup here that came too late because the initial response was just so lax and, uh, you know, in in some people's minds, you know, way too passive. Are most of the streets open? Like if you live in the district and, you know, you just need to get to and from work, what disruptions are remaining after what happened yesterday? Oh, yeah, there's there's none of that anymore around here. Um, I mean, I got downtown here pretty easily early this morning with no disruption. You know, the curfew just expired here at six, but you know, driving in at like you know four four thirty, it was there was there was nobody stopping me, nobody uh, stopping anybody really. I mean, you know, you're starting to see people walking around the sidewalks here now and kind of going about their jobs. It's still mostly police and, and TV crews where I'm at, kind of near the west lawn of the Capitol. But if you live around the rest of parts of the city that are you know outside just this very a particular federal area, uh, there's been almost no problem for you overnight or early this morning. It did seem like the crowd dispersed pretty easily once they enacted the curfew, six o'clock hit. Is that how it occurred? Because that's kind of what it felt like watching it. Yeah. What do you think was the tipping point that got people to leave? I, I, I think it's just, you know, after you stand around someplace for a couple hours not really doing anything, you He's get bored gone. and moved on. I mean, we saw tear gas deployed. You know, the president came out and made a statement basically that, you know, a lot of people would argue was uh, too little too late, but he did urge people to go home. Do you think that was the tipping point? Do you think it was just a matter of 
having enough personnel to get things under control. And by the way, it's not like we didn't know this rally was coming days in advance. Why do you think it took so long for them to deploy the National Guard to secure the Capitol? Well, deploying the National Guard here in the city is actually the president's responsibility because D.C. is not a state yet. Every other governor in the country gets control of their National Guard. But here in D.C., you know, they can beg and plead for it. But it's up to the president to decide whether or not the National Guard will come through. And what's sort of interesting about that is that the, when the National Guard was deployed, it was at the behest of Vice President Pence um, and apparently not the president himself. Wow. Uh, so, again, that is another angle that we're going to be talking about in the days ahead. But because D.C. is not a state, there's a lot of things around here that the city itself doesn't have control over. Yeah, for people who don't live in the district, clarify this for us, too. You know, we, we keep talking about the Capitol Police who are in charge of securing the Capitol building, but typically when you have protests like this, who's in charge of making sure it's orderly and people are kept safe? It kind of depends on where in the city you are. It could be U.S. Park Police, which has a lot of presence around the National Monuments. Uh, it could be D.C. police, which handles a lot of the streets here downtown, but definitely not all of them. And I would here think on- D.C. Metro, would this would be old hat to them. Uh, to them it is, but when you're, when you're dealing with stuff on the National Mall, they're in a backup role. You have U.S. Park Police for stuff that happens on the National Mall, which is where all of this started. And then you have a 2,000-member uh, Capitol Police force that just handles the, the grounds of the U.S. Capitol building. And they should be used to these sort of demonstrations. But if you look at the videos that you saw uh, in terms of equipment, in terms of preparation and and everything that had been going on, they were very unprepared for what came. They didn't have the the barriers and sort of the structure that you do see in other parts of downtown D.C. You didn't see the personnel. They weren't, you know, certainly dressed appropriately with the right equipment and gear. Um, You have a 2000 member force that was just caught off guard somehow. And and it's the, the dangest thing. But that particular U.S. Capitol Police Force, D.C. has no say over them, the city itself. Wow. It was all run by, by uh, the, the U.S. Capitol and the members of Congress. John, question for you. Uh, what happens today? What's next? What should we be expecting as the day unfolds? Well, right now I'm looking at a long line of blue lights. Um, I can't tell which agency it's from um, on one of the streets here near me. But Can you tell us part? where you are in relation to the Capitol? I am, if you know downtown, and I'm at the corner of Constitution and Louisiana. First Street is about half a block away from me, and the Capitol sits between First Street Northwest and First Street Northeast. I mean, I'm looking at the big dome right now. Uh, so your studios, your, your, your news station is within eyesight of the Capitol building. Uh, then the, the, our studios are a few miles away from here. I am downtown on a street corner. He's on the oh, phone. I see. I, I think for most people, it's just going to be another Thursday again. Life's going to move on. There's, you know, the, the Capitol is sort of clearing out in terms of elected representatives. There's still going to be a lot of police around here because there are still demonstrators who were planning on spending last night here. But uh, otherwise, it should be kind of back to normal again, hopefully, here today. Yeah. And in the end, the session resumed and Joe Biden was certified president of the United States when it was all said and done. It's pretty much the way everybody expected it to be, too. John Doman. WTOP, Washington, D.C., our sister station. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and give us some perspective from the district, from inside. Happy to help clarify some things, yep. Appreciate it, John. Take it Thanks, easy. Thanks, John. You too. Take care, guys. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, so, you know, Kristen's got two kids who live in D.C. They live in the district. Yeah, did you talk to them yesterday? 
Well, Otto is uh, safely in Florida with his girlfriend. Oh, okay, good. So he's good. And uh, Emma's been working from home. She made lasagna the night before. Mm-hmm. And she she was well aware. You know, when you when you live in the district, you're kind of used to disruptions. You're used to demonstrations. You're used to protests. You're used to streets being shut down for this reason or that reason. And she's like, I don't know why everybody's shocked by this. We saw, you know, we saw this guy. We knew this rally was going to take knew. place. She says, I purposely made a lasagna last night so I could stay home. Yeah. I didn't want to go out. Yeah. Um, her, her fiance, they live together. Uh, he works on a job site not far from the Capitol. He was on the job site yesterday. He usually works from home. He had mm-hmm. to go to the job site yesterday. They did evacuate when they started seeing heavy mobs of protesters Amped yeah. up protesters. That's when they said, "Now's probably a good time to wrap it up Let's and call go it ahead a day." And head out. Yep. So they I a, did. Yeah, I have a friend that she used to live here, but now she lives in D.C. and she works at the Children's Hospital there. And they cut them all loose around four o'clock, like if they had like a desk style job. And she lives like four blocks from the Capitol, and she was nervous, like going home. Like she was texting. I just was texting her, like, "Hey, just be safe. How's it going?" She said she did have some protesters like outside of her building, but was able to just, you know, quickly go inside and kind of retreat, which was Mm -hmm. very comforting as someone that cares about her. Thanks for listening to the Q102 Jeff and Jen Morning Show Podcast brought to you by CVG Airport. Fly healthy through CVG. For more information, go to CVG Airport backslash fly healthy.